Blame Canada. <laughs> talk about myths legends conspiracy or, theories oh, i thought we were getting rid of legends crap you said it up you said it up man we had it down last we week and you down. just fucked it up i ruined it the show where we talk about myths that's it we're done with this theories. podcast we're done we can't get no this right thank you for interrupting me again so i can't get my words out nope you can't do it again no do-overs it's over we also talk about some other stuff <laughs> Welcome to this myth again, this show where we're talking about some other stuff. We talk about stuff and things. And things. <laughs> Interesting things. I'm Kim. I'm Jill. Oh, okay. You made it back. You made it to another episode. Episode six. You stuck with us. You're listening with your ear holes. Voluntarily, I hope. No, yeah. So we should start over. Take two. Take two. All right. No guarantees that I'll keep the do over, though. I hate you. <laughs> I'm going to smack you sometimes. <laughs> Welcome to this myth again. Just don't hit the table. The show where we talk about... You just fucked it up worse than before. Welcome to this myth again. Don't hit the table. <laughs> That's how we should end it. Don't hit the table. Yeah, because throughout our entire podcast for the last six episodes, we've both been doing this. Over and over and over again, playing with our headphone cords, slamming our glasses around, chinking the microphone. That was you that did that. For some reason, you cheers the microphone, and I don't know why. Well, going on the theme of our episode in, wait, shit, what country was it? Uh, was it Germany? Or, I don't know, some country on the other side of the world from America. It's bad luck to cheers with anything other than a glass. Well, you just have terrible luck now. I know, because I chinked with a plastic cup onto a microphone. Is, no, you know, you never just let me get through my intro. You start nope. talking in the middle of it, and that's why we can't get to it. As we will talk I about, I suffer bit. from self-sabotaging. I come up with a bit every episode, and you just, like, start talking in the middle of it, and I cannot continue it. And that it just, it sounds weird and awkward. That's, that's what I do. I make things sound weird and awkward. That's your whole spiel. That's my MO. You know, every podcast needs a gimmick. I guess our gimmick is terrible. <laughs> it's just <laughs> hey, what we do. It works. It We're us. just bad. We're terrible podcast. <laughs> Let's just Thanks rename ourselves. <laughs> and that's it. That's the end of the show. That's the end of it. It's Bye, a everybody. five-minute episode. <laughs> now I'll just keep all the shit from earlier. We're getting into October. Rocktober. Low prices everywhere. Get some. I don't know what, what? that was. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I did that. I have no idea. I think you're just feeling awkward now. I, I am. Yes! <laughs> I've succeeded in making the entire room feel awkward. God damn it. That is what I'm good at. It's making everyone around me feel weird. Yeah, you're a genius. We're talking about... Bad luck Bad because luck. it's October and we're doing some Halloweeny stuff and it's my favorite month. 
our month of October. We're starting out with something a little bit easy because we're recording sort of back to back. And so we just wanted something quick, easy, quick and dirty. Yeah, you told me you wanted to talk about bad luck and that you wanted me to just tell stories of someone who had bad luck. And I'm like, that sounds terrible. This is going to be a terrible <laughs> podcast. It's going to be the worst one yet. And we've done some pretty bad episodes. And this is just, this is going to be the worst. And then I thought, also, it's going to be a really easy week for me. Yep. Well, that's what I was thinking is it's pretty straightforward. But there's there's a lot of fun stories about bad luck. And it's also, I think, all the the superstitions that we kind of, we still hang on to. Mm. But in our minds know that they're ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Stop clicking that. I'm sorry. You don't even have the wine bottle in the room. I want the wine. That's why I keep clicking it because I'm waiting for the wine. It's that time again. Get ready for the wine. Here it comes. So I found a very special wine today from Total Wine called Mausoleum Black Cat Riesling. I actually Mm -hmm. had to look this up on the website because there's no label on the bottom. Nope, there is not. And uh, it's... 2016 and a 10% ABV. I had no idea what a Riesling was, so we did look this up. A Riesling is a white grape variety which originated in the Rhine region. Uh, Riesling is an aromatic grape variety displaying flowery, almost perfumed aromas as well as high acidity. It's used to make dry, semi-sweet, sweet, and sparkling white wines. We're getting fancy now with this podcast. We're actually telling you about the wines that we uh, pick. I mean, I think we so only looked that up because both of us were like, what the fuck is a Riesling? That is true. So Total Wine's description of this is it's crisp lemon apple flavors, medium bodied. Moselle Sarrouer, Germany. That's uh, the city or something. Shows a fine fruity bouquet. The taste is crisp and fresh, balanced by the typical Riesling acidity. Mm-hmm. Hints of lemon and apple give this wine a refreshing character. An easy drinking, moderately sweet wine with a pleasing finish. I don't know why, but when I ordered it, I thought it would be sparkling. It's not sparkling, no. No. But you haven't even got to the best part about the wine. Tell them. Oh, them, tell yes. Them. And we're going to post a picture of this on Twitter. So keep your looks looks out. Looks, but keep, keep your, your eyes, eyes open. <laughs> <laughs> keep your eyes out. <laughs> We also have been pre-gaming, so forgive our sure. lack of... If we haven't pre-gamed every episode. Okay, yes, we. that's why we usually can't talk at all, because we pre-game before every, every so episode. Maybe that's why you can't talk at all. It's just my normal day-to-day. You just suck at talking in general. Well, you know, I don't do it very often. <laughs> but would you tell people about this wine? I'm building up to it. Amazing. The suspense. So the bottle is shaped like a black cat. Yeah. Because is. of course we all know that whole unlucky black cat tradition, which by the way, bullshit. And I will talk about it a little bit more, but I have a black cat and I don't consider myself to be that unlucky. We actually got her at a discount because apparently when you adopt black cats or people are less likely to adopt black cats. So in order to encourage people to adopt them, they sell them for cheaper so we got her $25 off yeah uh, not unlucky at all my boyfriend has two black cats yeah black cats are wonderful he's doing fine yeah doing great for himself yeah but yeah this bottle is super cute it it's it's just a black cat like the whole bottle is the shape of a black cat there's no labels on it or anything it's it's just black and beautiful yeah i I did take a picture of it earlier and i will post it on social media um probably like when this episode comes out. Yeah. Which it's not going to come out for a while because we're recording it early. Because I have my anniversary this weekend. One year. Married a whole year. How to the, the goofiest guy. Fuck I've did ever I make it this known. year? 
Honestly, I thought you would have gotten divorced by now. No, I'm kidding. I knew you would stick it out. No, we we squabble like we've been married for 50 years, but that's only because we've been friends for, what, you 10 years? You squabble like you and I squabble. Well, that's because we've been friends for so long. What? How many years has it been? Eight, seven, 17. 17. Almost years? 18 years. Almost 18 years, yep. Yep, almost 18 years. He Fourth and I have been grade. friends for, uh, I don't know, or, I don't know if we're counting the married years as friendship years. All right, I've already fucked up opening this wine bottle, and usually Kim opens these, but- I it here. No, 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 I figured it out. I figured it out. Have yep. you? Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Got it? I got it. It's just taking me some extra time. Can you get it? Because I'm a terrible human being when it comes to opening wine. Ugh. Well, you're just a terrible human being, in period. Ooh, even the cork has little kitties on it. Ah, there we go. A nice pop. I got it. Better than last Eventually. week's pop. All right. Let's taste this kitty cat. I should pour your glass first, I suppose. That is the uh, polite thing to do. Pour your guests class first. Oh, you know what's sad, though? Mm. When the little drops go down the side of the bottle, it looks like the cat is crying. Aww. Aww, poor kitty. I, I will love you forever. Okay, I'll lick her face. <laughs> there. No more tears. <laughs> okay. Cheers. Well, cheers. And it's with glass, so no bad luck, according to, like, Germany or something. Yeah, we couldn't even have cheers last night and the last time if we wanted to because I did not give you a glass cup. I know! What is up with that? Another reason why we should be here. I can give you glass cups. I can give you glass cups. I just chose not to. Well, I chose to be safe and use plastic instead. So, just because we're starting off with the black cat, Mm. um, which I will taste now. It's good. It's very light, very crisp. Oh, that is nice. Mm -hmm. I remember for your 21st birthday, I had turned 21 like four months before you, and I bought you a bottle of Riesling from Wente. Was that a Riesling? It was a Riesling. Okay. Mm -hmm. I I spent 15 bucks on that bottle, and I was 21 at the time. (laughs) I had no money, so you better have enjoyed it. I mean, it got me started on wine, so Mm -hmm. here we are today drinking wine from a cat's head. That's a body. But it's coming out of the ear. So we're drinking wine out of a cat's ear? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's how we do. No, that actually is nice. It did have five stars on Total Wine, and I can see why. Mm -hmm. Just like you should give our podcast five stars. Hint, hint, wink, wink. So, yeah, just because we're talking about our black cat wine and bad luck and whatever, I'm just going to quickly talk about the black cat mythology or the the history of the black cat bad luck. Why why it's Why why back bad black luck? Why, why can I not black, say black cat? Bad bad black blah blah blah. So, um Black cats really became associated with bad luck with uh, the rise of Christianity and um, in the Middle Ages. The black pigmentation is associated with at least 22 breeds of cats, but most of the cats that are associated with the bad luck factor would probably be the Bombay breed, which are just pure black. Mm. No white speckles anywhere, just all black, and that's what my cat is. Because of the melanin pigment in their skin, black cats are more likely to have yellow eyes. And um, it kind of goes back to... So Egyptians worshipped cats. Yeah. They had uh, Bast. Real crazy cat people. Yeah. Bast was a cat goddess in Egypt. Um, And when Christians were trying to wipe out other world religions, Christian priests made black cats a symbol of bad luck. And 
times, women who were seen caring for black cats were identified as witches. In the mid-14th century... I love the way you said that. When Christians were trying to wipe out other world religions. I mean, that's history. I, it, it happened, okay? Nobody has ever described it that way before, <laughs> but yeah, essentially. <laughs> well, if you're gonna do it, you better own it, so... Is that religious side? Kind of like genocide, but like with the religions? Maybe, yeah. Okay. So, in the mid-14th century, cats became so pervasively associated with the devil that they were almost completely exterminated during the Black Death, which, yeah, it's very sad. Um, But ironically, this made the plague worse because rats were often the cause of the spread of the bacteria, and with less cats to hunt them, there were more rats to spread the disease. See, you you fucked your own house on that one. You you should have just let the cats roam around and be free. You know Disneyland lets cats roam around their parks? I did know that. It's very exciting. how they keep the rats Including black cats. Mm -hmm. Also, in October, many shelters will not sell you black cats because sometimes people will get them and do, like... Uh, sacrifices. Sacrifices, yeah. For stupid reasons. Yeah, it's really yeah. sad. In Scottish folklore, there's uh, cat, the cat Sith. I actually thought that was a really cool name. If I ever get another black cat, I'm gonna the name it. The cat Sith? Yeah, that's what, okay, I'm sorry, that's what the source I was reading called it. The cat Sith. I know it sounds Star Warsy, but... <laughs> I'm just imagining a black cat in a black coat. <laughs> Come to the dark side, we have milk. And cookies. <laughs> and cookies. And little mice. A little bit of catnip every now and then. <laughs> we know how to party. <laughs> so, this cat Sith is a fairy, I guess. Um, But it's a black cat fairy with a white spot on his chest. I didn't know cats could be fairies. <laughs> Apparently they can in Scottish folk- folk- folklore. Now I've got you saying Shit. it. Yes. <laughs> yes. My purpose on this world has been complete. It's the vodka and the Riesling together. We know um, how to pair alcohol. <laughs> we really do. Start with vodka and then go to white wine. We're good at this. We're in our mid-twenties. It's okay. (laughs) We can still handle it for maybe another year. Um, Okay, so, yeah. So, Sith is a black cat fairy with a white spot on his chest, which I actually thought was really cool because my old cat, Luna, that was exactly what she looked like, was black cat, white spot on her chest. Mm -hmm. And... Should have named her Sith. Should have. If I'd known, I would have. But no, we named her after Sailor Moon. (laughs) The Sailor Moon cat. So, Sith would go around and steal the souls of people who had just died. People started using catnip and they would jump around to scare off Sith and protect the recently deceased from having their souls (laughs) stolen. It's good to know that our ways of interacting with cats have not changed much. That's the best. I'm just imagining those funerals. Just, just like waving catnip bags around and jumping. Around like a lunatic. <laughs> the best funerals ever. Pirates were also superstitious of black cats. They believed that if a black cat walked onto their ship and then immediately walked off, the ship was destined to sink. And then if they were on land and a black cat was moving towards them, they considered that to be bad luck. And if a black cat was moving away from them, then that was good luck. So, and there's, each country has their own variation on, like, what side the cat is walking. If it's on your right side or your left side, if it's walking towards you or away from you. I don't know where all these specifics came in. I'm just imagining, like, 300 years ago when people were, like, really down with this superstition. And they were just, like, jumping out of the way of black cats (laughs) running Oh no! A black cat! Dive! (laughs) The ship's going down! 
Just abandoned ships just because a black cat walked on. <laughs> no. I mean, it's really sad, but that's like, that was the times. I mean, I can't imagine a ship would be very, a cheap purchase. So you buy a ship and then suddenly a black cat walks on and it's you like, have well, to abandon shit. your ship. <laughs> well, you just damn it, I still have a mortgage. <laughs> so it's not all bad. There are some countries, uh, some folklore that considers black cats to be good luck. Um, Great Britain, although apparently not Yorkshire, they believe that uh, black cats are lucky and they give them as gifts to brides. Aww, um, that's what I should got you for your wedding. Well, I already had one, so... It's okay, I haven't even given you your gift yet. That's true. I haven't even been working it's on it It's been a months. year and I haven't gotten my wedding gift it's from you. It's not like you have room for it right now. You have to move out to a new place. That's true. Okay, you're safe for now. When you start telling me you're going to move... Then you'll get working on again. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, the Egyptians have still held on to their, um, their love of cats. And some sailors... So pirates, superstitious bunch about black cats, but some sailors not. They believed that black cats were good luck and some fishermen would bring cats on board with them and then their wives would keep cats at home. And then the Japanese also consider black cats as symbols of good luck and they're viewed particularly important to single women, which is kind of opposite of how... All the single ladies, get your black cats. (laughs) All the single ladies, all the single ladies. No rings, just black cats. Yeah, it's kind of opposite of the... Scottish? No. uh, The Puritan mythology that kind of came around with uh, women being associated... Or single women being associated with cats were seen as witches. Mm -hmm. And cats were considered their familiars. And if a woman was caring for a black cat, like, oh, obviously she's a witch. Obviously. She didn't just see a poor helpless animal and think, oh, you poor thing, let me feed you for a little bit. Nope. She's a witch. That's what women get in trouble with. Anytime a woman is compassionate, they're just a witch. Yep. Sucks. Sucks to be a woman. Okay. So This is really good. I've already finished my first glass. Have you really? Jeez. You've been, you, it's really easy to drink. Mm-hmm. I would buy this again all through the month of October to stock up on black cat bottles. It was like, what, $10? With tax, it was 12 something. That's not bad. No, it's not. That's pretty damn. I mean, it is a and small bottle. It is cute little bottle. You do. It's a it's a small bottle though. It's five hundred milliliters okay. instead of the normal seven fifty. So I mean, if you I compare it that way, it is. Vodka. I mean, there's more still. Well, I know, but I don't want to drink the whole bottle. No, definitely don't drink the whole bottle. I'll smack you and not give you anything other than just a glass. Because <laughs> you know I would do that. <laughs> yeah, you would. All right. Um. So some other popular bad luck superstitions in. American folklore. Walking under a ladder was, or for some people still is, considered bad luck. And I mean, common sense, it's not really that safe to walk under a ladder that's leaned up against a building because it could fall. But, um... Plus the person that's on top of the ladder could fall on top of you. I mean, there's not necessarily always a person on the ladder when it's leaned up. What's the point of a ladder if nobody's on top of it? Maybe they're taking a break. They're gonna move your ladder every time you take a break for a sandwich. Why would you not take a sandwich break before you do the ladder work because you're you're doing your ladder work and you're like oh i'm hungry and you take a break i have never needed to use a ladder for that long well like you don't work in construction do you what haven't you seen the cartoons where there's just always a ladder somewhere leaning up against a building recently you know i'm kind of an adult so i haven't watched cartoons i I was that year that i was watching my nephew for a bit and i watch cartoons every day with him okay so back to really into mickey mouse clubhouse oh that's cute 
Okay, so back to the letter. Um, Can't wait it, to have a kid so that I can get really <laughs> into cartoons again. That would be socially acceptable. Right. I don't watch cartoons as an adult just for the heck of it. Mm-hmm. I, I have a child. It, it makes sense. I have to be able to explain stuff to them. Yeah, I have to know what they're doing in their lives. Uh, this, aside from it also being common sense, it also stems from the Christian belief that a ladder leaning up against a building forms a wall. Or, sorry. Leaning up against a building or a wall forms a triangle, which symbolizes the Holy Trinity. And if you walk under the Holy Trinity, then you're violating it. Don't violate that triangle. You're violating it. Breaking a mirror. And this is one that when I was a kid, I definitely did. And I was terrified (laughs) that I was just going to have bad luck for seven years because I broke a mirror. And all of my friends and my brother were just like, oh, you're going to have bad luck for seven years. And I felt haunted. So this... I don't remember ever breaking a mirror, but I remember thinking that that was a real thing. Yeah, when you're a kid, these these things are like, so real. There was some story of like a mirror shop or something, like where like a ton of mirrors broke, and I'm like, oh my god, that's like a hundred years of bad luck. <laughs> I think I remember you telling me about that actually. <laughs> so this apparently stems from um, the Roman belief that your soul is. I guess when you look in a mirror, your soul is, or like goes into the mirror, or it's reflected in the mirror or something. And when you break the mirror, you're also shattering your soul. And so you have wrought upon yourself seven years of bad luck. And then after those seven years, your soul has had time to renew itself and your bad luck would be over. I, okay. Yeah, I didn't end up, I don't think I had excessively bad luck for seven years once I broke the mirror. Well, you did I, have acne, so. Yeah, but I think that was just, you know, dietary stuff. <laughs> I, also being a teenager. Yeah, I don't think that had anything to do with me breaking a mirror. <laughs> you break a mirror, seven years of acne. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the worst bad luck ever. Especially if you're an adult. Seven years of acne as an adult. Shit, I thought I was over with this. <gasps> Fuck me. I'm just gonna hide in my room for seven years. Um, there's also spilling salt. Again, another one that... That's one my mom used to always tell me. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, these were ones that were very prevalent when we were kids. I don't hear them much now as an adult, but when we were kids, it was very, very prevalent. Maybe because, like, we don't have kids that we can tell them to. Maybe. I'm gonna start telling all the kids I work with about these <laughs> bad luck things. See how much I can screw with their heads. <laughs> no, that's terrible. I won't do that. Um, okay, so spilling salt. Um... This sort of stemmed from when salt was a commodity and it was actually very expensive. And so wasting salt, obviously not a very good thing mm-hmm. because it is so expensive. So the the uh, superstition... Now we set, throw salt over our shoulders like it's like air. Right. Yeah. I mean, salt is Whatever. so cheap now. Back when this superstition came to light, it was kind of bred out of the fact that salt is expensive and you don't want to waste it and so if you spill salt you'll get bad luck shit now we have salt salt is so common now that we have fancy kosher pink himalayan salt i know blessed by our rabbi (laughs) and tickled on a baby's bottom but i mean not to worry if you spill salt cheaper or expensive or whatever kind of rabbi salt you buy you can undo 
this, you just have to sol- throw salt over your shoulder. So you have to waste more salt to get rid of the bad luck. See, that, that was got. my question. Do you throw salt that you've spilled over your shoulder, or do you dump more in your hand and throw that? Because what if you only spill like a little bit, like you you just gonna like drop it just a little bit. You catch it, but it kind of spills a little bit. And then you have to try and pick up those tiny little grains that you spill. Then you just lick your finger. But then you're not, like, throwing it. You're licking your finger and it's getting absorbed into your skin. You just sprinkle it behind you. I think, at that point, I think you just throw new salt over your shoulder. Well, then you're just... That's more bad luck. you're wasting salt. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) So it's not bad luck if you purposely waste it to throw it over your shoulder. But it (laughs) it is is bad bad luck luck if it's an accident. Yeah. Yep. That's... That's what it is. Well... Um, there's also opening an umbrella inside. I've heard that one so many times. I used to, oh my god. I used used to be terrified of this one. so adamant about never opening an umbrella inside the house. Not even in the car. I mean, yeah, again, common sense, like, you could cause an accident if you open an umbrella in a car. Well, no, like, trying (laughs) to get out of the car, like, you're in a parking lot, you open the door, you want to get out of the car, and it's raining. I used oh, like to opening... stick the umbrella outside of the car, just above the door, and open it. Yeah, I mean, that so makes sense. So it was not in the car. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, there's really no room for umbrellas in the car. But apparently this this myth stems from, um, I don't know what culture the source I was reading this did not... This myth stems from, I don't know. <laughs> don't make fun of my sentences, I'm drunk. what you're telling me. I don't know. <laughs> That's where this myth comes from. This was a myth. God. Uh, so the source I was reading didn't have a, a specific heritage of this myth, but it was saying well, that... Well, it um, come from ancient Greece because they didn't have umbrellas. Wherever it came from, the it came about the time when umbrellas were used as protection from the sun, not from rain. And so opening one inside was considered disrespectful to the sun god and would bring bad luck. Wait, umbrellas were used as protection from the sun before they were used as a protection from the rain? Yes. Hey guys, I have this amazing invention that will protect you from the sun. (laughs) Well, they didn't have sunscreen. I get that, but you have rain. It's not like rain was suddenly just invented one day. Uh, and there's this new problem. Oh, rain. What are we going to do? <laughs> I know. We already have umbrellas. <laughs> I think when they first created umbrellas, they weren't really waterproof. They no, were... I think they were parasols. Yeah, like, they were like cloth. Yeah. So Lace. they wouldn't be very useful for rain. But then I think someone was like, hey, this would also be really great to keep the rain off me if it was made out of something else. And I think that's kind of how the umbrella evolved. But Okay. Here's my next question, though. How is it offensive to the sun god if you're opening it inside, but not <laughs> outside? <laughs> because you're literally blocking the sunshine outside. Inside, you're not doing Jack diddly. I don't know why it's seen as offensive. I don't know. That's, I don't know. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> First of all, he's the sun god. How can he see inside your house if there's no sunlight? Well, obviously, he's watching you all the time like Santa Claus. He's watching you take that poop. (laughs) You best believe. He's watching to see your face. He knows. He knows if it's coming out easy or if you have to squint. You better leave that one in. (laughs) 
You get to leave a cough in if I have to have a burp in. Coughs aren't nearly as embarrassing. No, they're not. You don't do embarrassing things. Why don't you take a little fart for a second? A little toot toot. I don't have any stored up. All right. If I if I feel a fart coming on, I'll just raise my ass to the microphone and let Please it rip. Please do, because that is the only way you can save yourself now. Let me uh, top myself off here. You want to top yourself off? Oh Did no, you... I, bu- I poured myself an entire another glass. Oh okay. So if you want to kill that, yep, we're killing it. We're killing the bottle. Mine's we're gonna bad. have to get more vodka. Yeah, mine's a small glass. That seems nice. Well, you've been drinking out of it. I haven't had that much actually. Okay. I've been taking my second glass slow. Yeah, you gotta savor that black cat. I really like this bottle. Savor the pussy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love that. Okay. Um. Also, stepping on a crack. Um, I, again, I remember many walks where I was... Oh, I used to... Jumping over cracks and, like, walking like a moron, just hopping around the sidewalk. I used to purposely step on cracks just to see if it would work. (laughs) You're, like, the opposite of me. I mean, my Before I was born, my mom skied into a tree and broke nearly every bone in her body. That's because one of your siblings obviously stepped on a few cracks. No, it was before she had any children. Oh. She pulled a sunny bono and lived, pretty much. Wow. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Mom's what tough bitch. lucky people, then. Yeah. <laughs> Should be on our list of unlucky people, because she's skied into a tree, she's fallen down the stairs and thrown one of my brothers so that she didn't land on top of him. Jesus. She used to be one of those moms that she would be completely, fully, like, pregnant, pregnant. Uh-huh. Have a baby on, like, a... In straps on her back, and then outside mowing the lawn. Jeez. And she w- she was in labor with my brother Chris. Mm-hmm. And she went to Safeway to go get food and, like, prepare dinner for people, for the rest of the family. While she was While in labor? While she was in labor. And so she, you know how at the checkout they always ask you, do you need help out to your car? Uh-huh. This is the one time in her life where she's like, yeah, I could use some help out to my car. <laughs> I'm nine months pregnant in labor. I'm currently in labor. I might be at like health. five centimeters by now. I don't know, but. So they give her this kid, this teenage boy, who, as he's walking her out to the car, asks her, so when's the baby due? And she said, any minute now, I'm in labor. <laughs> and he throws her groceries in the car like not on my watch this is not happening <laughs> i'm so freaked him the fuck oh out oh my god like she had eggs and shit and he was just tossing into the car really <laughs> like get this woman out of here i'm too young for this i'm not giving birth to a baby in a parking lot of safeway <laughs> yeah so that's my mom <laughs> yeah your mom's crazy. She In is, a good way. She's super mom. I think she should write a book. <laughs> she really should. About all of her adventures. Right? So we were talking about stepping on cracks to break your <laughs> mom's back because after everything your mom went through, you just had to test had it. To test it. Does it work? You just had to know. Uh, survey says no, it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. it. Um, in European and African-American folklore... 
Cracks were considered to be an opening between our world and another world, and by standing on a crack, you're bringing bad luck to yourself or a family member. Mm. Cracks in the walls are also considered bad luck because they let spirits, ghosts, and fairies into your house. Mm. I... See, I would have thought demons. It's it's opening to the underworld and demons are trying to get their way through. Yeah, well, apparently, no, it doesn't break your mom's back and it doesn't bring about bad luck or anything like that. It comes nowhere near breaking your mom's back. And the last one, my favorite one, is putting a hat on a bed. I've actually never heard of this one, but apparently there are evil spirits that live on your head, not in your head, on your head, just like curled into your luscious locks. And you know what? I see it. I see it. It's poking his little hat out. Yeah, all all of them like floating around me right now. Mm -hmm. So you put a hat on your head, and I guess like if you put the hat then on your a bed, doesn't have to be your bed, it could be any bed, you put the hat on a bed, you're transferring the spirits to the bed, <laughs> and you're sending a message to them that you want them to haunt the person that sleeps in that bed. So so if you have a lover that uh, has scorned you and you really want to just fuck with them, you put their your hat on their bed. Yeah, you get, go over to the- break into their house after you've broken up. Put your hat, put on, their your hat on their head. On their bed. You give them a an HTD <laughs> and hat transmitted demons. Hat <laughs> transmitted demons. <laughs> so yeah. I guess this one also kind of stemmed from common sense. Um, it sort of originated when people were suffering from head lice, <laughs> and so you wouldn't want to put your hat on a bed because then you could transfer the head lice to whoever was sleeping on the bed. And that's kind of where a lot of these sort of bad luck superstitions stem from is don't do this because, according to common sense, it wouldn't really work out too well. And so we're just going to make a superstition about it to kind of deter people from doing that. So it's like Wendigos when you don't want uh, people to eat other people. You just tell them there's a crazy spirit. Yeah, you tell them that you're going to turn into a cannibal. Yeah. Yeah. See, all of these things are just methods of social control. Break the control. Start eating people immediately. Fight the machine. <laughs> you gotta eat people. You gotta put your hat on people's beds. You just gotta step on every single crack. Fight the power. <laughs> That's just society trying to control you, man. <laughs> Don't let society control you, man. You gotta fight the man. Fight the power. Alright, I'm gonna let you, we're at over an hour, so I'm gonna let you take your turn, and then I'm gonna talk about psychology and shit. I have, um, basically a list, I went through on the internet a couple times and I looked for, just typed in, the most unlucky people in the world. It seems like it'd be a really tough thing to look up. Actually, there's tons of lists of just the top ten most unlucky people in the world by crack.com or whatever. Or who's its face. And yeah, these people sound pretty unlucky. So I have kind of a list of my favorites from that. Okay. Um, I've probably heard of a few of these people in my searches. Probably. So we've got... Fuck, I have hiccups. Do you want to chug some water for a second? I'm going to get through it. Do you want to know something that is superstition? Hold your breath, cross your arms, cross your legs, look up, think of zebras. See, that doesn't work for me. That has worked for me every single time. Really? I have to try different things. Without fail. It Dude. It works 100% of the time. 70% of the time. I didn't even 
Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't talk about Friday the 13th. No, you didn't. I have a lot about Friday the 13th. You want to come back to it at the end? Sure. Okay. Do we have a Friday the 13th this month? No, we don't. We have a Saturday the 13th. Eh. Damn. Last year, I think we Last year, we had an October Friday the 13th. Yeah. That was cool. That was a good day. It was a good day. I had a great day that day. I was day. walking around grinning from ear to ear. Like, <laughs> Most unlucky day of the year! Woohoo! <laughs> Actually, no, I think everything that's unlucky is lucky. Black cats, lucky. Walking under a ladder, lucky. Why is that lucky? Friday the 13th, lucky. The number 13, just lucky. I always lean into what everyone else thinks is unlucky. So we can get to that in the psychology about why that may be working for you. Okay. Okay. So, um, lastly, there's Friday the 13th. Across a lot of different cultures, there's superstition around different numbers. In Western culture, the number 13 is considered to be bad luck. Like, if you go to a hotel, then usually the 13th floor is missing. They'll just go, like, 12, 14. Do they 14. skip room number 13? I don't know if they skip room number 13, but they usually skip the 13th floor. It goes, I've never like, noticed that. It goes from 12 to 14. And at least the hotels I've been in that have that many floors. And, you know, Vegas and stuff. I would really lean... If I was a hotel owner, I would lean into it. Every floor is 13. That would be so confusing to guess. <laughs> what are you on? The 13th floor. Which one? The uh, first... 13th, 13th floor. 13th, 13th floor is the most unlucky floor. <laughs> that That's the one you gotta watch out for. Year round. <laughs> There's just demons. <laughs> wall to wall. Alright. Um, so... There were two different words for the phobia of, or the fear of Friday the 13th. So I don't know which one is real, but, um, Periscavidicatriophobia, or... Sounds real. Frigatriscadeca... Wait, let me try that one again. Frigatriscadecaphobia. Phobic. Fuck. We Whatever. had easier times pronouncing Native American words. <laughs> so, one of those, I don't know which one, because they were both mediocre sources, one of those is fear of Friday the 13th, and around 8% of the U.S. population has this phobia. I wonder if one is just fear of the number 13 and one is fear of Friday the 13th. So, the fear of the number 13 is triskaidekaphobia. Hmm. What, yeah, that's fear of the number 13. And it could come, that particular fear could stem from Christian theology. If, um, or going back to the Last Supper, there were 13 people present, and Judas, the man who betrayed Jesus, was the 13th member to arrive. Um, Friday is also a significant day in Christian theology. Jesus was crucified on Friday, and many, many people believe that Adam and Eve screwed the pooch on their situation on Friday. The Great Flood happened on Friday, and so Friday the 13th is, like, double whammy. Okay, I have to talk about Adam and Eve for a second, because... (laughs) Just a second? First of all, there was a woman before Eve who just would not, like, submit to Adam. She was just her own woman and would not, like... Are you sure this is Christian theology? I don't know. It was a post that I read, and it seemed pretty legit. Okay. (laughs) So I'm just going to talk about this post that may be real or maybe not. I don't know. But there was a woman before Adam who would not submit to anything. She wanted to have sex, like, lying down on the side. 
or her on top because she would not have him be dominant over her. Badass woman. And so, I guess she God was like, oh shit, I fucked up. Yeah, I guess she gets banished or something, and Eve is created. And before all Eve was created, God had told Adam, don't eat the tree, don't eat the fruit from the special tree or something. Uh Uh-huh. Did Adam tell Eve? I don't know because I- Because she just saw a fruit one day and ate it and, like, bad shit happened? Or, like, maybe it was his fault because he neglected to fucking speak up and say, hey, don't eat this fruit. It's always men's fault. It always is the man's fault. Men always are the fuck-ups. Because he forgot to say it. Yeah. It's always men. I mean, why do you even have to ask? women have to suffer for it. Right. Ass Of course. No, I've never heard of that. I'm not sure if it's Christian theology, but I don't know much about the religion, so... Honestly, we grew up Christian and never paid attention. Nope. <laughs> I remember going to school in church and just being like, okay. I just remember decorating bookmarks to go in my Bible. <laughs> I remember I got to baptize a cow stuffed toy. I was really excited. About it. I had a cow stuffed animal, and I got to baptize it. And I was really excited. That's about Catholic. That. Baptism is Catholic, not Christian. Catholicism is Christian. I mean, it is, but there's different. It's not Protestant like, Christian, and I'm pretty sure baptism is still Protestant. Uh, no, Protestant. I don't think they baptize. Like, I don't think I'm baptized. Well, then you're not a true Christian. I'm Protestant. You're not a true Christian. My, or, sorry, I should say, my family raised me Protestant. Well, so did my family, but I'm pretty sure I, I baptized a goddamn stuffed animal cow. Well, then it must be real. (laughs) That cow is blessed and it's going to heaven. Do you even still have that cow? Nope. (laughs) Well, it's in a good place now. (laughs) It's in a bad place. And I remember I was really pissed because this fur got kind of matted after that baptism. And I was like, damn it. Something wrong with you the water. You the furriness of it. <laughs> you fucked it up with your goddamn holy water. Alright, so, um, Friday. Wait, is that blurring the lines of Hinduism and Christianity if I baptize a cow? Because cows are sacred in Hinduism. Right. But you're not Baptism. Hindu, so... I'm just saying. Maybe if you were Hindu that baptized a cow, then you'd be questioning things, but... It's also stuffed animals, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I'm just saying, I might be... Weird. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say some sort of prophet, but... No, you're just weird. <laughs> okay, so some historians believe that Christian superstition around the weekday of Friday, could also be connected to its opposition to pagan beliefs. Friday is supposedly named after Frigg, the Norse goddess of love and sex. Frigg is a very strong female character in the mythology. I don't remember Frigg. Okay, well... I remember Freya. Well, there's also Frigg. Okay. She's friggin' unbelievable. Well, so is Freya. I named a dog after Freya. So she's a strong Frigg, not Freya. Also Freya, but... We're talking about Frigg. Strong female character, and because she's a strong female character, obviously poses a threat to the Christian male-dominated outlook on life. Well, that could have been written in stone a billion years ago. (laughs) So the Christians cited Frigg as nothing more than a witch and denigrated Friday. 
And see, that's why I love Freya yeah. because she was a Valkyrie, so she was actually revered. See, that's cool. See, I mean, friggin' North mythology was a strong goddess, but it's you know during Christianity trying to wipe out other world religions, denigrating all the strong female characters so that, that no one was, is like that was the one thing Vikings got wrong. They went into they sailed across Europe up the rivers and shit pillaging and marauding and raping and doing all their shit being total badasses and then they adopted the goddamn culture yep never adopt the culture ruined it you ruined it we all could be vikings right now <laughs> Ugh. Kim. my ancestors would be so proud kim we are vikings i am a viking <laughs> that's what my dad tells me all the time Worst descendant of Viking gods. You're too tall to be Vikings. You realize the Vikings were described as incredibly tall, right? I don't think they were. Yes, they were. They were described in many texts as being incredibly large and tall. I thought they were like 5'8 or something average. Yes, uh, that was their average, but see, the rest of the world at the time was also much shorter. Height is one of those things that proves um, evolution because society as a whole has gotten taller Mm -hmm. because height is seen as beautiful and so more people who are very tall tend to have you're gonna have tall beautiful babies i'm gonna have short stubby babies actually i'm not gonna let you have any babies no i'm kidding (laughs) and your your husband is tall as fuck he's like six feet tall yeah, but also my dad's side of the family is really tall, and I'm really short, so I don't well, know. Well, you take after your mother. Yeah, so I don't know what so the baby would take after. So as your babies take after the father, it's just Just gotta cross my fingers and hope they aren't like me. <laughs> you know, I'm actually hoping, because I feel like I do have some recessive traits for red hair, and I feel like John might too. That'd be so s- you're hoping for red-headed giants? I'm hoping for hoping red-headed, red-headed giant babies. <laughs> Wouldn't that be so awesome? It would be. Okay, so last note about Friday. Um, so sailors are a, generally a very superstitious bunch, and they would refuse to set sail on Friday because of all the superstitions that revolved around Friday. In the 18th century, the British Navy wanted to quell this superstition and show the sailors that there's nothing to fear about Friday, and yes, we can set sail on Friday. They built a ship and called it the HMS Friday. And they hired all of their crew on Friday, selected a man named James Friday as captain, and then set sail on a Friday. That Friday morning, their maiden voyage that they set sail, the ship disappeared and was never found. Oh my god. (laughs) That is how you disappear off the face of the earth. You start everything on a Friday. (laughs) You just take every superstition in the world and pile it into one. Yes. So how you disappear from the face of the earth. That, oh my god, it opens up a portal into another dimension where they give you cookies and I think there's like a certain number of Fridays that you have to meet in order to reach that portal. Yeah, you have to meet the Friday threshold and then, yeah, yeah, you get transported into another world and you just, it's like a party every Friday. (laughs) But the rest of the week. It is like the Friday Every week, it's just you work, and then you're just like, yes, the weekend, fuck yes. <laughs> it's like Friday night, just all day long. All day long, it's Friday night. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, this is a legend. Um, 
I don't know if there's a lot of historic fact to back it up, but I thought it was entertaining. So now you go. Now it's my turn. Now it's your turn. So you wanted me to come up with a sh- some stories or a story, and I kind of Googled a little bit, tittered around the internet, and just. Mm. What the fuck was that? I know, I just sometimes, like, you drink alcohol and you get, like, the alcohol squirms. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. It just hit me. Okay. Okay. Um, so, no, so, you asked me to come up with stories for my segment, and I kind of Googled most- I think I might just, like, go back and take your part and insert- Well, that's wonderful, but I still have to, like, get there. Okay. 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 So can I get there? No. I had all this build up before and then you interrupted me. I have to build up again. You don't have to build up again. You No, talking... I really have to build up again in my own head for it to make sense okay, to me or well, else I'm just you were... fucking off into the universe. <laughs> you were talking too slow. I got impatient. I googled. I found some shit. <laughs> Here's what I found, okay? <laughs> Calamity John, or John Lynn, thought to be Britain's unluckiest man, so when he was born, he had underdeveloped lungs and needed steroids and special care. Uh, When he was just a little baby, he drank a bottle of disinfectant, and he had to have his stomach pumped. A year later... He narrowly misses being hit by a delivery van when he falls off of a horse-drawn cart. He is hit by lightning at the age of 12. At 14, he nearly drowns. And then he falls from a tree and breaks his arm the same year. The next day, he rides the bus to the hospital, and the bus gets into an accident, and he breaks another arm. Wow. And most recently, he has fallen down a manhole and injured himself. <laughs> Wait, so he's- is he still alive? He's- st- I think he's still alive, yes. At least he's resilient. Right? <laughs> um, next on the list is Roy Sullivan, who is a park ranger, and he is most famous for being hit by lightning seven times. Jesus. He was given the li- the nickname the Human Lightning Conductor. Um, <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a s- superhero. <laughs> yeah, honestly, this is something that probably should have definitely killed him. But I mean, he survived why, it seven times. What is he doing? Is he going out at lightning or during lightning storms and just holding standing, up a metal rod? Yeah, holding up a metal rod, standing in a giant meadow where there are no trees and just like a giant rock field around and I don't know but it, it the story is that he would actually start avoiding people if a lightning storm struck he'd be like oh I gotta go I gotta stay away from people now because I'm about to get struck by lightning <laughs> get struck by lightning it's happened so many times it almost feels like it's or it almost sounds like it could be a, an addiction I mean you would think that this is how he would die right you would think no he ended up dying in 1983, because of a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. Yeah, he kept getting struck by lightning. I don't blame him. <laughs> Actually, it was because of unrequited love, but 
Oh. <laughs> Whatever. You know, it's neither here nor, nor there. Anyways, getting struck by lightning is a 1 in, one in 280,000. That's the ratio. Or one in 280,000 One in 280,000 people get struck by lightning. It actually seems like... Way higher not, than it should be, right? I was going to say lower. Like, if you think of how many people live in the U.S., that's... Oh, I was thinking, like, one in, like, every thousand people, or uh, 5,000 people, 500,000. Words, numbers, one in every 500,000 people gets struck by lightning every year. This is one in 280,000. It yeah. seems low to me. Yeah, it's it's low. You, okay. Yeah. Whatever. I am agreeing with you. Okay. Or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We're drunk. Okay. <laughs> the chances of getting struck by lightning seven times in your lifetime, though, uh-huh. because they did the math, 4.15 in 100 nanillion. Nanillion? Nanillion. What the fuck kind of number is that? So... A n- one nanillion has 30 zeros behind the one. Okay, so... One hundred nanillion a- has 32 zeros. Compared to a trillion, how many times more is that? 900,000 trillion? Oh, is that what it is? I don't know. Honestly, I cannot compare the two. It is a fuck ton. It sounds like a fuck ton. It has 32 zeros behind that it. That is a very that's small 100 chance. Million. Okay, that's what really makes me think that he's just going out seeking these things. Right? <laughs> because what are the How odds? You get hit by lightning seven times in your life. You're just making some bad choices at that point. Yeah. Alright, next on the list, uh, Annie Hodge is the only person to ever be hit by a meteorite. <laughs> <laughs> the only person in the world ever in all of That's history, actually, to be hit by a meteorite. That actually She's surprises snapping. me because there's like there's meteorites falling all the time, and they get burned up in the atmosphere. Calm right, down, right. But you know they they burn up, and sometimes small they'll you know start off really big, and they'll burn up, and it'll just like be small, and it'll fall to the ground. But I'm actually surprised that more people haven't been hit by them. Yeah, like, I don't, I'm not expecting a great number, but, you know, maybe equivalent to the lightning strikes. No. Nope. Wow. She's the only person in history, and she was napping inside of her house on the couch when it hit her. That sucks. Yeah. Uh, the next person is Tsutomu Yamaguchi. Okay. Uh, he's Japanese. I hope I pronounced that right. I don't think he did, but that's fine. T-S-U-T-O-M-U, Tsutomo. I have no idea. The last name's Yamaguchi. That's that's fine. Easy. <laughs> I think the first Mr. name's Mr. Yamaguchi. Okay. So he survived two atomic bombs. So okay. how many atomic bombs have been dropped in the entire history on a civilization? I don't know. Two. Oh, Wow, that's actually pretty lucky. <laughs> the number of atomic bombs that have been dropped on a town is two. Wait, so was he? Was it the same town? No. There was one bomb dropped on Hiroshima. Right. And then there was another bomb dropped on Nagasaki. So did he move? No. He was in Hiroshima during the first bombing on business. And then that bombing ends, and he's like, okay, I'm gonna go home now to <laughs> Nagasaki. 
<laughs> oh shit. <laughs> I'm gonna get the hell and out of here. And then the second bomb fell. But he survives both. So he's, like, really unlucky, but also really lucky because yeah. he's survived both of well, them. Well, I mean, that could be the same said for everybody on my list. True. The next is Violet Jessup. Cousin Jessup. Cousin Jessup. No, uh, Violet Jessups have survived three ships sinking. Three. So her first ship was the RMS Olympic in 1911, which collided with a British warship. And then in 1912, she was on the Titanic. Right, as a, she was a stewardess, right? Mm-hmm. She's on the Titanic, and that goes down and sinks. And then in a couple years later, she's on the HMHS Britannic, which also goes down. I heard that she died on the Britannic, though. No, she actually lived till age 84. Oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. I was reading that she was working as a nurse on the Britannic after she survived the sinking of the Titanic, and then that's where she died. Oh, the source I have says that she actually lived till age 84. Oh, well, I'm I'm down to believe that. Right? Why not? Okay. Next on my list of really unlucky people is Jason and Jenny Karen's Lawrence. Um... They have been present for three major terrorist attacks. Terrorist attacks? Terrorist attacks while they're on vacation. Wow. Every time they go on vacation. (laughs) Just stop vacationing. You're causing the attacks at this point. Yes. So in 2001, they were in New York during 9-11. Wow. That sucks. In 2005, they were in London during the underground bombings. Jeez. And in 2008, they vacationed in Mumbai during another terror attack, which killed 160 people. They need to stop going to popular, like, Just big stop cities. going anywhere. Never leave your you're, home. You're bringing the terrorists with you. <laughs> They're targeting you. They're trying to kill you. <laughs> no, but each attack was the worst that that country had ever seen. So 9-11, worse than America's ever seen. Uh, 2005, worse that London's ever seen, and 2008, worse that Mumbai's ever seen. That is so... Like, imagine being that couple. I know. I would be scared I would ever, never go on vacation never. again. I'd be like, I'm just staying home. Yeah. Last person that I have that is seen as unlucky on many of the lists... Or, I'm sorry. No. Second to last. He is not the last. I have one more. The scrolling function on my laptop is fucked up. That sucks. Okay. So, Frayn Selak. I don't know if I pronounced... He's Frayn... Croatian. I don't know okay. if I pronounced his name right. I don't know how to pronounce um, that. In January 1962, he was on a train um, when it smashed into Ice River in Croatia, killing all 17 passengers except for him. Wow. He escaped with only minor scrapes and bruises. That sounds pretty loggy. In 1963, he was on a flight, and suddenly the door blew away from the cockpit, forcing him out of the plane. So, wait, he was... He the he was on a plane. The door... Right, but was he, like, did he away. flying through the air, holding on to the edge of the door? I don't know what he was holding on to, but he was flying through the air. Okay? Uh-huh. 19 people were killed... He suffered only minor injuries and somehow landed in a haystack. Wow. Is this reminding me of, like, Deadpool 2 with that 
that chick domino Dom- yes <laughs> oh my god okay in 1966 he survives a bus crash in 1970, he managed to escape from his car when it was engulfed in flames due to a faulty flu- fuel pump. 1973, another of Selec's cars gets caught on fire, <laughs> and again, he escapes with small injuries. Is he Superman? I don't know. In 1995, he's hit by a city bus. 1996. <laughs> How fast was the bus going? I don't know. In 1996, he drove off a cliff to escape oncoming traffic, lands in a tree, and watches his car explode 300 feet below him. Jesus. Okay, I really don't know if this guy is, like, the luckiest guy in the world for being able to survive all this shit, or if he's the unluckiest guy that this shit keeps happening to him. Right? Because this is a lot of shit to happen, but at the same time, like... (laughs) <laughs> All right, next last person that I have is Janine Rogers. These aren't in any order, so it's not like order from like worst bad luck to best bad luck. Last is Janine Rogers. Uh-huh. So she has fallen overboard from a ship. She's been struck by lightning twice. Wow. Um, she's been attacked by a bat, beaten <laughs> by her husband almost to death, and wow. mugged. All right, her story is a little, a little darker. Yeah. <laughs> a little darker, but also not as entertaining as, like, having two cars blow up on you. <laughs> <laughs> Falling out of a plane and all that crap. Yeah, that but, guy is crazy. Yeah, so as you mentioned, are these people unlucky to have gone through all of this shit? Or are they lucky to have survived all of this shit? Because how many people are struck by lightning and die from getting struck by lightning? I actually don't know that statistic. I don't know either, but, like... But I do know my mother-in-law has been struck by lightning. And she's still alive. So, is being struck by lightning not as dangerous as it sounds? I mean, I would... I think it's pretty dangerous, but I think it's probably more dangerous to people who have pre-existing conditions. Okay. But so maybe, how like, dangerous then is it to be struck by a bus? I would is say that, that's pretty dangerous. Yeah, maybe the death rate of being struck by a bus is more than being struck by lightning. I would say so. I mean, there's probably a lot more people that get hit by buses than struck by lightning. Probably. Yeah, and that kind of leads you to wonder, are these people unlucky or lucky? Because they survived all this shit. They literally have lived through... I'm sorry... Zeus is trying to kill that guy. I know, right? He's like, God fucking damn it, how many times do I have to zap this motherfucker? (laughs) Yeah. Zeus had a grudge. I'm sorry. He had a serious grudge, and he was trying to kill that guy. Yeah, but clearly... Failed. Failed many times. (laughs) Killed himself before Zeus could make it happen. (laughs) Hera's watching out for him. Mm -hmm. Anyways, so that is why I didn't choose any of these people as... My features, because I see them as lucky. I mean, it's... <clears throat> yes, it's unfortunate I'm sort all of this shit leaning... happens, but you survived. You're lucky as fuck. I'm sorry. I'm sort of leaning towards they're very unlucky, but also very resilient. I think they're lucky. Okay. They have... Mm-hmm. Out of all the chances they've had to die, they've lived. True. So I'm going with these guys are lucky. They yeah. have luck on their side with some sort of outside force trying to kill them. Um, my featured story for the night is 
maybe something that's a little bit more sad. It sounded like it was going to be a bit darker. So when you told me come up with a story for bad luck, I immediately thought of this documentary I had recently watched about four girls from Britain who are born with a just depressing and sad disease. Okay. So the four girls are um, Dana, Laura, and Laura Bowen, and Lucy and Hannah Belts, or Lucy and Hannah Betts, sorry, been drinking. (laughs) Um, And a quick aside, so the document came out in 2017, so the girls are, I'm aging the girls up a bit. Mm -hmm. Just for accuracy. Um, So if I say their ages, it's, it's one year after the documentary came out. Okay. Okay. So the disease that they have is Harlequin syndrome or Harlequin ichthyosis. Harlequin? Like Harlequin. Are so these are all sisters? No. They are two groups of sisters. So there's the Dana and Laura Bowen, which are two sisters, and okay. Lucy and Hannah, which are two sisters. And they're not they, And Lucy and Hannah are not related to Lauren and Dana. Okay. They are kind of, they may be related through an ancient relative. Okay. Who passed on the disease to both of them. But anyways, so they have harlequin ichthyosis, which is a condition where their skin grows rapidly and in extreme excess. It grows in a single day as much as a normal person does in two weeks. So what does that mean? It means when they're born, they have horribly cracked skin their eyes can the eyelids can be turned inside out um it's just it looks terrible i'll put some pictures up okay it looks horrifying they look like demon children can i look it up really fast yes so their excess skin is hard it cracks it's tight if they let it grow out the fingers and toes would be very difficult for them to move oh jesus christ Right. Yeah, now you've seen it. And it, it could actually suffocate them if they don't treat it. Holy hell, these are scary-ass pictures. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put some of them on the blog. Um, because, yeah, it literally looks like a demon child, right? It Yes, it's frightening. Mm-hmm. Some of them I I don't know. Like, some of them look... Some of these pictures look fake. But I I don't know which ones are... Which? Or real, like when are you thinking like these? Um, I don't have a lot of flexibility, but like the ones with the doctor holding the. Oh no, that's totally real. Is it really? Mm-hmm. That's what they look like. With the white all over. Yeah, that's the excess skin. Holy hell, that is frightening. Yep. Jeez, it's gonna give me nightmares. <laughs> You're welcome. I feel so bad for these girls. You're right. Unlucky, right? Yeah. Okay. So, the way you get Harlequin syndrome is both parents have to have the same defective gene in their second chromosome called ABCA12. The chances of being born a Harlequin aren't exactly known, but it's estimated to be less than one in a million. So, I have a question. Um, is... Why is it called Harlequin syndrome? I don't exactly know why. Okay. Because that's kind of, like, where I get confused, because Harlequin isn't that, like, I thought it was related to, like, a play on, like, Harlot and something. Yeah, I'm not, if you want to Google it real quick, go ahead. Okay. I didn't have time to Google it, so I don't exactly know why it's called Harlequin. 
it did used to be called Harlequin fetus um, because any baby that was born with this disease was almost cer certain to die and only recently has medicine advanced far enough to allow a proportion of babies to be born with the condition to survive. So about 50% survive infancy today. Wow. Mm-hmm. So did these girls survive? Yes, these girls are survived and they still live today. Lucy is one of the oldest Harlequins in the world. She's 21. Um, at the time of this podcast, she's 21. She okay. was 20 in the documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, and when the parents decided to have another child, the odds were that then the odds were one in four that they would have another Harlequin baby because that's it is actually, a recessive gene. That's really high. It is actually pretty high. I would not. I would adopt at that point and be yeah. like, no. <laughs> well, it was the same for the Bowen parents, and they, again, had another Harlequin baby after the first child. Why would they do that? <sighs> Reasons. Idiots. So, this is a lifelong condition, like, you, your skin... There is con no cure. Your skin continues to produce the excess skin. Yes. And is they're like, can you exfoliate excessively and yes. slough it off? So that is what I'm about to get into. Okay. It's part of their daily regimen. Um, before I get into that, Hannah Betts, um, she got a double dose of bad luck because in addition to Harlequin ichthyosis, she is also born with cerebral palsy. Oh my gosh. Um, which is a condition that's much more common than um, Harlequin syndrome. It occurs in 1.5 to 4 out of every 1,000 live births. Um, so she's 19, uh -huh. but she acts much younger. She acts like a little kid, maybe like 10 years old. Mm -hmm. um, and she relies heavily on her older sister, Lucy. But Lucy is re registered blind because of her condition. So the excess skin has scratched away at her cornea. Which oh. has left her completely blind in one eye. Okay. And with only 10% sight in the other eye. Was that something that happened when she was younger? I think, yeah, I think it was when she was much younger and they were trying to get her condition under control. I don't exactly, so I don't, like, say, oh, this is fact. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah. So, when they're out and about, Lucy actually relies on her sister Hannah for help getting around and avoiding, like, traffic and stuff. Mm-hmm. At least they're helping each other. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the one good thing is that they have a sibling to go through it with, so this is a very painful disease. It hurts. Yeah. Your skin hurts all the time, so oh, if, like, really? one says, oh, my skin hurts really, really bad, the other one's like, yeah, I know, I understand, and can be sympathetic, whereas the rest of the world's like, it can't be that bad. Right. I can imagine it, it would be a very isolating condition. So mm -hmm. at least you, I mean, it's terrible, but at least you have someone who knows what you're going through and well, can be by your side. Do. Yeah. So as far as the regimen, every day they have a painful two-hour routine of two a bath. Two hours. Yep. Jeez. Of a bath and moisturizing their skin with a special medicated cream. They have to rub off the top layer of their skin um, and then use a cream to soften the raw underlayer um, uh, to prevent cracking and infection. And I don't mean they just rub some lotion on their skin and then let it absorb. They literally, they're covered by a thick layer of cream all day long. Wow. Mm -hmm. So, like they were scooping it out of a 10-gallon, like, bucket. That's geez. how much cream they go through. So, 
the is it like they go to sleep at night and when they wake up in the morning there's this huge growth of skin over them again? No, it's like they go to sleep at night and then when they wake up in the morning they rub off what has been they rub off their outer layer of skin to keep this layer from building getting out up. of control. Because if it builds up it could literally suffocate them. Wow. Mhm. Man, that's so uh, that's so hard. Yeah. And you can imagine like your under layers of skin are so sensitive. Yeah, I mean, you've had like a terrible sunburn before. You know the pain. Yeah. That's the pain they're in every single day. That's awful. Yeah. So the Bowen sisters have a similar regimen in the morning. They're much younger than the Betts. Uh-huh. Um, but they have a bath for at least a half hour every day. They cream up and repeat the cream every three hours. And then another bath at night, and then a final really heavy cream at midnight, mm-hmm. so that they can maybe get five, six hours of sleep uninterrupted, because they wake up at six every single morning to start their reg- their regimen. Do they go to school? Do you I know? do not know. Okay. I don't know if they're homeschooled or if they actually go to school. They're poor mothers, though. Oh my gosh. So they have to wash their sheets every single day, because there's cream all over it when they wake up. Uh-huh. And then their houses have to be cleaned and sterilized daily to avoid infection because if they get an infection, it could most definitely be fatal. They have no epidermis, which is the outer layer of the skin. So the Uh cream that they use, it acts as that outer layer for protection. Huh. Yeah. Wow. So it's like not only is it painful, but it just makes you susceptible Mm -hmm. and you don't have the same immune functionality. Absolutely. You don't notice how important your skin, the outer layer of your skin is until you don't have it. have it. Yeah. You have to get rid of it every single day. Wow. And I mean, so in America, we talk about, oh, I want this exfoliating scrub to rub on my skin. Like these girls have to exfoliate so much every day. Two that hours. Their like, skin imagine. is literally raw. That's so awful. Oh my gosh. That's that's like like giving me the shivers just thinking about it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So in addition to this regimen, they also, every two months, they have to go in and have their ear canals cleaned out to get rid of excess skin in there so that they don't lose their hearing. I'm really surprised that there's no medication or something that could slow this growth. So there is advancement in this disease and they're these girls are part of a study to help advance and figure out better treatments for the disease mm-hmm. and hopes that they can get their cream updated and will work better to keep the skin from growing so rapidly. Yeah. But I doubt that they're actually going to be able to change the genes because they'd have no, to go you, into every single cell. Right. And you the wouldn't genes. be able to so change the genes, but get like. A cure for this. But it may be something that if someone knows they have it in their genes, they may be able to prevent a fetus mm-hmm. of, or a baby that they plan on having yeah, from well, having I mean, disease. That goes into the Don't like the, the special, uh, the modeled babies. Oh, yeah. Like, specially modeling your babies to be what you want them to be. Well, I mean, that I, kind I, of, I mean, I could understand it for diseases and stuff, but mm-hmm. that's such a tricky future. Yeah. You know, if you can go in, you can change certain diseases for diseases, then you can also have people going in and saying, well, I want my baby to have red hair, so isolate these genes and yeah, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, yeah, there is kind of a selfish aspect to it that could 
here, but for people who have this disorder, I mean, it could... There's definitely, yeah. It could wipe out diseases, potentially. Yeah, it's like... you can go in and get rid of it. Weighing this amazing benefit that would prevent these diseases with human nature, which is... Selfish and self-centered? Yes. Yeah. Anyways, um, last thing I have about them is that there's... There's no life expectancy, so the 20-year-old Laura, or 21-year-old Laura, she's, they don't know what her life is going to be like. She has Mm -hmm. no plans for marriage at this time, or, and she hasn't really had any relationships. Mm That would be so hard. It would be very difficult, but, like, she's in uncharted territory. They don't know what's going to happen. They don't know how long she's going to live. She's living every single day like she's dying. All of these girls are. I mean... That's I mean, you might one as thing. well. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one thing, like, you know, living life to the fullest when mm-hmm. I mean, they don't... Know. I was watching the documentary, and they don't seem like they're very sad and depressed about their condition, but I was just thinking, like, you mentioned bad luck, and I'm like, these girls. That's immediately what popped in my mind, is all of the things, all of the chances that had to come into place perfectly for them to have this disease, mm-hmm. and it's just such bad luck. I mean, the parents... Both parents have to have the recessive genes, which means they have to find each other out of a smorgasbord of different spooters. Mm-hmm. And then there's a one in four chance because it's a recessive gene, and it's just... Well, just then those they parents survi- that... There's a 50% chance that they survive. Just those parents that decide, like, well, let's have a third one and we'll just see. Like, I forget which set of parents it was, but... Well, they both did it. Oh, they... Both sets of parents decided to have a second child and both ended up with a second Harlequin. I mean, I consider anyone who has a terrible genetic disease that causes pain and suffering every single day of their lives to be unlucky. This is why I consider I chose this story instead of one of those people who just got struck by lightning or have almost died dozens of times because of, I don't, I don't know, it's just yeah. what happens in their life. What because is amazing about, lucky. like, the a lot of these people who are born with these conditions that we would look at, we look at it from the outside and we're like, oh my gosh, that's terrible. But a lot of these people actually have amazing resiliency Mm -hmm. characteristics and they do tend to do really great things with their lives. And, you know, so from, you know, being people with not a lot of physical disabilities, you know, we look at it and we're like, oh, that's terrible. I can't imagine life like that. But those people that are going through it, you know, they've lived their whole lives this way. They've adapted to their condition. And yes, it's difficult. Yes, it's very hard to live life the way you see a lot of other people living their lives. But their resiliency is incredible. And they they tend to have such a more positive outlook on life than a lot of people who have good fortune do. Yeah, from my experience, because I do have very slight experience in a disease that causes suffering, mm-hmm. it is, it becomes background noise. Mm-hmm. And yes, it sucks, and yes, you could focus on it, but it's you would really rather focus on the other what stuff else is going, going on, on in your life mm-hmm. than this terrible crap that's going on in your body. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of. It, it, it becomes the daily. It's just like, okay, I'm in pain. This is... This is what today is like. This is what today is like. Next. Yeah. What else you got? <laughs> you stop... You become a little bit more desensitized to pain. I yeah. Think, a little bit. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. Anyways, I'm going to end my segment 
on a lighter note because it is a little bit dark and heavy. Yeah, it was kind of a... a little bit of I was expecting this this episode to be pretty light-hearted. I wasn't expecting that. Oh, you weren't expecting Debbie Downer? No, I was not. She comes out to play every now and again. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so I kind of did some research, did some Googling, and I found Yahoo Answers. Um, the best, I came up with the best answers for the age-old question of how to get rid of bad luck. <laughs> so Yahoo answer Emily, she says, I have bad luck all the time, so I carry a small elephant with his trunk up, which means good luck. I still have bad luck, though. I guess it's just something you learn to deal with. Girl, your totem <laughs> is not working. <laughs> If Find something else. <laughs> like, I don't know why you're still carrying around this elephant if you still have bad luck. This Obviously, elephant is good luck, working. but I have bad luck, so, I don't know. Life sucks. Life, life just sucks. It sucks, and then you die. Teresa? Teresa? Teras? Teras. T-I-R-A-S. Teras. Mahil. Um, he says, in some cultures, it's best to hum. When you hum, it drives the bad luck away from you and to the nearest person. So yes, <laughs> if you just you're, wanna you're humming it into your let me hum my bad luck inside you. <laughs> Do you just like gradually get closer to someone else's ear? Hmm. <laughs> that's how it works. That's, that's how you get rid of bad luck. Wow. Alrighty then. Alright, and then I kept Googling, and WikiHouse uh, had some good answers to the question. Okay. So, they had the throw salt over your shoulder, which mm-hmm. you mentioned. Um, if you break a mirror, you're not supposed to throw away the broken pieces. You have to grind it down, and then let it scatter to the wind. For okay, other very people ceremonial. To... Yeah, you have to let it fall into the wind for other people to breathe and glass from dust. <laughs> yeah. I mean, didn't we talk about in our moon episode how glass dust is, is not good for you? <laughs> so they also had that you could pray the bad luck away. <laughs> Praying the gay way. Praying the gay way. So you can also pray the bad luck away. Pray the bad luck away. You can get rid of it by cleaning your house and getting clutter. Getting rid of clutter. Okay. Turning on all of the lights in your house and lighting candles to keep the bad luck from hiding in dark corners. That sounds more like keeping the demons from hiding in dark corners, but... Sounds like more more like just a waste of energy. <laughs> um, you can pack your shit and leave. Just skip town. <laughs> this town's not working for me, I'm leaving. No, what they said was you can take a vacation and the bad luck will disperse in your absence. No, I'm pretty sure it would just follow you. Just pack your shit. Leave, go on a vacation. While you're gone, the bad shit would be like, oh, nobody's here anymore. I guess I gotta play. No one to play with. I gotta go find someone else. (laughs) Right? They also, underneath this list, they had a list of lesser known things that might cause bad luck. Okay. Um, see, crow. Alright. Putting your shoes on the table. Which is just a bad habit. Stop putting I would your just goddamn think that's dirty gross. shoes on the table. Yeah, get Ew. dirty shoes off the freaking table. It's not bad luck, that's just gross. Right? Knitting a pair of socks for your boyfriend. What? He will leave you if you do this. Mm, what? <laughs> I'm, yeah. s- I'm sorry, maybe he just thinks you're a grandma? <laughs> 
Right? If an owl hoots three times in your garden. Okay. <laughs> sleeping underneath the dining table. Who does that? I guess if you get really drunk and you just fall asleep underneath your dining table. Then that's bad luck. It's bad luck. It's terrible luck. Don't I've do that. I've never heard of someone doing that, but... I've heard of people sleeping in, in their bathtubs. That makes sense, But though. never actually sleeping underneath the dining table. Alright. Um, if you turn a loaf of bread upside down once it's been sliced, this will bring you terrible luck. Oh, not only bad luck, but terrible, terrible luck. Terrible luck. Stop turning your bread upside down. <laughs> if you say the word pig at sea... Say the word pig? Yes. Like, you're a sailor and you're just going around and you're like, pig! <laughs> and you get bad luck? Yes. What?! How did that even Don't come have about? Pork on a cruise ship. Yeah, apparently. It sucks for us because all the bacon that I ate on our oh cruise. Oh my gosh, so I much ate bacon. Every so morning. much bacon. Okay, if you drop a knife, picking it up yourself will bring you bad luck. So you have to have someone else pick up the knife for you. What if you live? That just sounds lazy. It. What if you live by yourself? You'd have to like literally go and fetch someone to come pick up a knife in your kitchen. They'd be like, you brought me over for this. Hi, neighbor. It's nice to meet you. I'm a recluse we've never met before. Can you come over real quick? I need your help with something. I need you to pick up my knife because I've dropped it and I don't want to get bad luck. Right? Yeah, you're not going to scare people away with that. Nope. Okay, last one is if you buy a new pair of shoes, you must wear them on the wrong feet first or you will have bad luck whenever you wear the shoes. I have never done this in my life. I have never... I haven't... I, first of all, it took me long enough to figure out which shoes should go on the right foot when I was a kid. Well, so, maybe you're just gotten a good luck then. That you're <laughs> offsetting all the rest of the <laughs> bad kept, luck. I kept wearing my shoes on the wrong feet, so now I have a ton of good luck. <laughs> yeah, you've got it stored up. That's why I'm so awesome. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so that's the end of my segment. That's what I got for you. Okay, well, I guess I'll just finish up on the psychology of bad luck. So I sort of mentioned this before that a lot of these cultural creations of bad luck seem to stem as a form of social control or if something is just common sense for health or Mm. safety. Keep your shoes off the goddamn table. Yeah, because it's gross. Keep your hat off the bed because of lice. It's... You know, it's common sense, safety, and you just create these superstitions to enforce certain behaviors. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the these superstitions persist over time because sort of what we touched upon in our moon episode, when you assign significance to something, then things that happen mm-hmm. accord, that align with that particular significance, they stay in your mind, whereas normally they would just filter right out. So, yeah. you know, bad things happen on Friday the 13th. Oh. If Friday the 13th is culturally an unlucky day, it's more likely to stick out in your mind. Mm-hmm. We just notice these things more than we would when it's not significant. Well, you're looking for it, really. Yeah, you're looking for it. And our brains tend to seek out this pattern. It's what evolutionarily it helped us survive. It helped us become a dominant species in the, wor- in the world. Our brains dislike chaos and disorder. And yet the world is filled with chaos and disorder. It is. <laughs> but we tend to like to collect facts and sort them into specific patterns, even if there is no pattern. It's just 
completely random. Our brain still wants to create a pattern out of that randomness. Mm-hmm. Even though you're noticing these unlucky things happening on the date, the fact of the matter is unlucky things happen all the time, every day, to everybody. We just notice them more on the days that we expect them to happen. And Yeah, I mean, you drop your car keys one day and you're just like, meh, whatever, drop my car keys. Drop your car keys on Friday the 13th. You're like, oh my god, I'm so unlucky today. Everything's just going wrong for me. That's exactly what it is. And Richard Wiseman, a professor of psychology, conducted a study to see what the difference between lucky and unlucky people was. He had his subjects identify as lucky or unlucky and then had them read a newspaper where there was an ad in it that said, Show the experimenter that you've seen this and win 250 pounds. People who identified as being lucky were more likely to see the ad. Wiseman noted that people who identified as unlucky appeared to be more anxious as they participated in the study, and this probably impacted their observation skills. Mm -hmm. And he concluded his study by saying that lucky people tend to be characteristically more open to new experiences and more observant of potential opportunities, whereas unlucky people, sort of the opposite, more hesitant, more pessimistic. Um, And so basically, the expectation that certain things are going to happen, or the expectation that things are going to go a certain way, this really sets you up for a self-fulfilling prophecy. So if you expect to, if you expect unlucky things to constantly be happening to you, it's very likely that you're going to engage in different behaviors or do certain things that set yourself up for failures. Well, also, if you expect unlucky things to happen to you and then they happen to you, it It just reinforces the idea. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you expect unlucky things to happen to you and they don't happen to you, you're like, oh, hey, I guess I'm just lucky today. So there's a phenomenon called psychological reversal. And this term was coined in 1980 by Roger Callahan, who is a psychologist, and he coined the term when he noticed that some of his patients were not responding to the typical treatments, and they seemed to be unable to let go of emotionally distressing symptoms like depression, anger, addiction, various fears, these symptoms of depression, anger, addiction, fears, and other people would respond to the treatments and certain people would not respond to these treatments. They like held on to these emotionally distressing symptoms. So psychological reversal is where you're basically, you're subconsciously sabotaging yourself. People with psychological reversal, they feel uncomfortable when facets of their life are going really well. Mm -hmm. And instead of um, taking joy in their successes, they they'll feel that discomfort and will go subconsciously go about sabotaging whatever it is in their life that's going well. So say you have a woman who is getting along really well with her husband, then she would subconsciously like start nitpicking and start a fight. Oh my god, I have people in my life that are exactly like this. They are so close to being happy and actually successful and finding like real joy and then they just flip the switch flip a switch they get really depressed and they just they'll break up with their boyfriend or girlfriend at the time and even though they were really happy and really satisfied just because oh it's gonna go wrong anyways yeah it's sort of the expectation that they will allow themselves to succeed right right the expectation i am going to be unhappy i'm a very unlucky person and so if things are going right 
it creates these feelings of discomfort. And so then they go about sabotaging it, not consciously saying, oh, I'm going to mess this up. Mm-hmm. But they engage in behaviors that do mess it up. And then that just reinforces the idea that, see, nothing can go right in my life. And this phenomenon is a little difficult to work with because a lot of the sites that talk about it are sort of like mysticism sites. Roger Callahan was really the only um, psychologist that worked with it. Not a lot of psychologists would, I mean, I guess I shouldn't say not a lot of psychologists would recognize it, but there's not a lot of information on legit psychology websites. The treatment for psychological reversal is like this muscle tension therapy. I didn't really read too much into it because I wasn't really sure how legit it was. It seemed kind of the psychological equivalent of acupuncture. Mm -hmm. So, Oh, is it like the tapping therapy? It's it's something to do with like electrical stimulation of muscle tension and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Supposedly it has good success, but I don't know. Again, these were like a lot of mysticism websites that were talking about it. So essentially it's electroshock therapy? No. <laughs> Electrical sh- electroshock therapy is where you have the electrode stimulating your brain. Okay. And this would be you have something in your hand and muscle tension. And it's like it's measuring the muscle tension. Okay. Well, I'm glad we discovered the difference because a lot of people would have been like, oh, they're just electrocuting your brain. Right. Yeah. No, it's not like that. And electroshock therapy, just to clear it up, they're not electrocuting your brain. They're sending pulses to specific parts of your brain. It's a lot more sophisticated than it used to be where <laughs> they would just electrocute you. It's not like that anymore. It sounds very medieval and torturous. It, it does sound very medieval and not too long ago it used to be very medieval and it really wasn't successful with very many people because you just are electrocuting them and it's very traumatizing mm-hmm. but um nowadays it's stop putting it's your very... shoes on the table or i'm gonna give you electroshock right i'm gonna strike you with lightning no it's very safe now and um it's very helpful to a lot of people who don't respond to typical treatments. Okay. So generally people who just perceive themselves as more unlucky than most tend to possibly have these, uh, a more psychological reversal pattern of thinking or behaving. They tend to dwell on their misfortune or their mistakes, whereas people who consider themselves lucky tend to take misfortune and twist it around and like turn it into a funny story or they'll um they'll go back and say oh well it kind of turned out this way but look what happened instead so it's more of that optimistic view that way of twisting it into a positive message or a learning experience mm-hmm. whereas unlucky people will take it as more of reinforcing the just consistent misfortune they have in their lives and that set themselves up for a precedent of remembering negative experiences instead of positive experiences and not being as open to new potentially good things well yeah definitely if if your negative experiences in your life are the most significant thing that's what you're gonna minute remember yeah so you won't see the good experiences in your life until you actually make them the most important things in your life right it takes some some conscious effort sometimes. Wiseman has actually four principles of how to be lucky. Mm-hmm. Number one, maximize chance opportunities. So basically relax, chill the fuck out, try new things, don't get stuck in a routine. Two, listen to your intuition or listen to your gut, whatever you like to call it. Um, 
meditate, clear your mind. Um, meditation can be very good for centering you and grounding you and helping you process things that have happened during the day and giving you time to turn it around and try and make it positive. People talk shit about meditation all the time that it doesn't do anything, but it actually is very helpful for relieving anxiety and doing a lot of good shit for your main brain. Mm-hmm. Like it literally, it pauses, if you're having an anxiety attack, it literally, it pauses the brain, taking a few deep breaths, mm-hmm. pauses everything, and it just like kind of refreshes you. So yeah. you can come at it with less emotion, less turmoil in yourself. Yeah, it gives you a chance to ground yourself. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is actually very important. Oh, it's super important, super helpful. But a lot of people, especially nowadays with all the technology, they have a lot of trouble just sitting with themselves and not having stimulation constantly attacking mm-hmm. their eyes. Okay, number three, expect that good fortune will come. Um, sort of mentioned this before, but when you expect bad things to happen, you're setting yourself up for a self-fulfilling prophecy. Expecting that good things will happen allows people to be resilient in the face of failure, bounce back when bad things happen, have a positive interaction with others in their life. And then number four, turn bad luck to good. Lucky people have a way of turning things around in their mind. If something bad happens, something that could be considered unlucky, they imagine how things could have been worse and they don't dwell on bad things that happen. So, for mm-hmm. example, yesterday our oh, car God. was parked and I was on a walk when this happened, but I come and I see like fire trucks and ambulances and our car is in the middle of the intersection and I go over and there's this like 80 year old man in his car and I'm like, Are you okay? And he's like, Well, we'll see. And there's glass everywhere. Like, I've never seen so much glass in so my life. So the 80-year-old man ran into the back of one of your cars. Yeah, while it was parked. I don't know what the hell he was going on with him. I hope he's okay. But yeah, he rammed into one of the cars. It's totaled. Oh my gosh. It's totaled? It's totaled. They're, it's just going to be crushed and I mean, trashed. the pictures you sent me look pretty bad, but I didn't know it was totaled. No, it's like you, the entire back is crumpled in and you can't open the back doors. It's, it's total. I mean, it's an old car too. So Mm -hmm. what are you going to do? Like spend 6,000, seven, maybe even more dollars to fix a car that's not worth that. Yeah. It's not even, probably not even worth a thousand dollars because it's such an old car, but it is, it does suck because it was still running and it was still reliable. But on the flip side, usually there are two cars parked there usually Mm -hmm. the newer sequoia big expensive car is parked behind it so that could have been rammed instead and it could have like hit both of them since they're usually parked one like in a line um also john's car had been parked there he and um my father-in-law dean left took the car and left to go to a meeting Mm -hmm. but if they hadn't taken that car then that was going to be the one that would have been rammed yeah and that's the the newer Subaru that we had literally just replaced the uh what are they I don't know something in the the hatchback to mm-hmm. keep the roof from falling down when you open it but we had like just replaced that but if they hadn't taken that if they had taken a different car that one would have been so they got the, the old car they got the, the old car so yeah so there's an example of you know yes this sucks and no no one was ready to say goodbye to this car yet but it could have been worse. There was no one in the car. No one got hurt. Mm-hmm. Hopefully the old guy is still okay. He went home. 
I mean, you could do that with a lot of, you can look at life that way with a lot of different scenarios. Like, yes, you may be living at home with your parents still, and especially here in California, it may be really hard to actually find a place or get enough roommates in a house to actually be able to afford a place, especially if you're young. Mm-hmm. But it could be worse. You could be living on the streets. You could, you know, not have a job and not be able to live anywhere. You could be in a huge fight with your parents and not have a reliable place to live. And I only mention living with your parents because that's something that's becoming more and more common in California where we live is we live in Silicon Valley. You get out of college and it's just, it's impossible. It's impossible to find an affordable place if you're right out of college, if you're like a young- Unless you want to go and live in someone else's bedroom. Yeah. In their house and pay them $1,000 to live in their bedroom. Oh my gosh, it's so much more than $1,000. Do you know how much rent is? I mean, to live in like you, like someone has a house and like we'll let you stay in our bedroom and have minimal access to our kitchen. Yeah, like. But if you wanted actually an apartment, you're looking at two, three thousand dollars. Yeah, for like a minimum, a crappy one bedroom for just minimal space. You're yeah. not getting much. Yeah. It's insane. The rent here is insane. The housing prices here are insane. There's a new prop coming up to regulate housing and rent prices. I haven't read too much into it, though. I I don't know. All the commercials have said that it's going to be bad, but this is not a political podcast. No, it's not. So we're not going to tell you which way to vote. Be nice to your parents because you may need to live with them. That's the message of this podcast. (laughs) That's really every episode that's what we try to get around <laughs> is to be nice to your parents because someday you're you gonna might need be them forced to live with them due to the crazy rent in the area that you live it's only gonna get worse so basically the psychology of bad luck the underlying message is it's all about outlook mm-hmm. if you're expecting bad luck to happen you'll probably find it if you're expecting good things to happen, you're probably going to encounter good things. That's how the brain works, and that's kind of the bottom line, even though I talked about it for, like, 30 minutes. I mean, you could also look at it as luck doesn't exist. It's just a series of events happening that that you either look at them positively or you look at them negatively. Yeah, I mean, things are mostly random, and, you know, when you're you're finding patterns, when you're um, looking for significance in these things, a lot of people don't really understand how probability works, and so... There is no inherent meaning to anything. It is only when you actually assign meaning to something that it has meaning. I mean, that was a a little minimalist. There's meaning to some things, but... Only if you assign meaning to it. True. Tell me something that has meaning that isn't assigned. You have meaning to it. Because you assign meaning to you. All right, whatever. (laughs) Yes, I I suppose that's one way of looking at it. It's a pretty depressing outlook that... Actually, it's very calming. I, I guess. It could be. Like, things are only meaningful when you make them meaningful. Yeah. So if you liked the words that just came out of our mouth and thought they were pleasing to your ears. Hopefully um, you did. (laughs) Subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Uh, Five stars is very much appreciated. It's very helpful. It helps other people find us. It's kind of how iTunes algorithm works. You need to have those ratings and reviews in order for other people to find you, which is really annoying, but we would really appreciate any time you can spare to do that. Mm -hmm. Follow us on Twitter at myth underscore this. Use the hashtag this myth again. Check out our blog, thismythagain.blueberry.net. That's Um, B-L-U-B-R-R-Y. Email us at thismythagainpodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions, concerns, 
hate mail. If you want to actually tell us what to do for our next episode, if maybe. You, if you have some ideas, let us know. We'll you always have, take your ideas. If you want to share any circumstances of bad luck or any stories, anything, you can check us out on Twitter or you can send us an email. We will respond to you. We're very good about that. Check our email every day. Mm-hmm. I um, mean, you do. Well, it's my job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're the one that does all the editing. I do everything else. Yep. Uh, anyways, yeah, that's about it. That's that's. All thank I you to, to. I know we haven't done this in a while, but thank you to John for our music and letting us borrow your and the tech equipment, some tech support, etc. Even though Jill just put her dirty sock on it. Well, you know, we're married. I deal with his dirty socks all the time. He can deal with my dirty socks this one time. I helped you move. Why does he have so many socks? It's a guy thing. I don't understand. It's not a guy thing. It's a him thing. It's No, weird. my dad does it too. Both have just a ridiculous amount of socks that are mismatched and... Just all over the floor. Everywhere. Just, I don't know. From my experience, it's just a guy thing. I... Maybe your father is trained better. <laughs> <laughs> Because he does not have socks just hanging out all over the floor <laughs> and mismatched socks. No. Your mother has trained him well. Yeah. All right. Anyways, we're going to end it now. Remember, if you are mad at the person you've just slept with, you can always give them an HTD by leaving your hat on their bed. <laughs> Leave your dirty lice-ridden hat right <laughs> on top of their pillow. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night.